David, I hear what you're saying about getting the feedback that you need in order to make the best decisions. And I get that. I really do. But my problem isn't getting enough feedback. I'm getting too much. Everybody has an opinion. And sometimes the criticism is just overwhelming. Hey, it's David. And you're listening to Leadership Without Losing Your Soul, your source for practical leadership inspiration, tools, and strategies you can use to achieve transformational results without sacrificing your humanity or your mind in the process. Welcome to episode number 40. Today's episode is a nice milestone and it's due to you and your sharing, your engagement. And listen, if you are looking to dive deeper into the practical tools and tips you get here, you can always do that at our website, letsgrowleaders.com. Uh, in Winning Well, Manager's Guide to Getting Results Without Losing Your Soul, or it's available for pre-order now, Courageous Cultures, How to Build Teams of Micro-Innovators, Problem Solvers, and Customer Advocates. So the topic that we're discussing today comes from a question that happened after I had just finished delivering a keynote for a group of senior leaders and their managers. Elise had waited until her team headed downstairs for the happy hour and appetizers, and then she came up and she asked me a question. She said, with this criticism, and it just feels overwhelming, she said, if I ignore it, they think I don't care. But I can't possibly make everyone happy. I know that's not my job, and so I'm feeling stuck. And it's a great question because I think most of us have been there. If you're sensitive and you're empathetic and you care about what other people are thinking and you want the best for them uh, and you're somewhat open to feedback, you're going to have these moments where you're feeling betwixt and between and, and overwhelmed. And too often leaders can take criticism or negative feedback and then either ignore it and that costs you credibility or you can overreact to it and you can paralyze yourself and keep you from moving forward. So critical feedback can be a gift but it's how you use it that's going to make the difference for you. So there are a number of different ways that you can get the most out of criticism. So let's go through some of these. The first is to be aware of your emotions. Critical feedback is never pleasant, but it also doesn't have to ruin your day. And ultimately, you're responsible for your emotions. So to manage your emotions, to get perspective, and then consider the value or the lack of value in what you heard. Remember that if you're moving things forward and you're making a difference, you're going to tick people off sometimes, and they may be critical of you, and that's okay. It's for good reasons, and they're the right reasons because you are disrupting things and you are making a difference and you are shifting perspectives, and that's uncomfortable, and sometimes that discomfort comes out in feedback, and that's okay. But the only way for that to be okay is you've got to manage your emotions first and get a handle on and get perspective on what's going on from a, a real-world perspective so that as you're looking at get grounded in reality, get yourself grounded back in nature or family or friends or relationships, however, and we've talked about that in previous episodes, how you manage your emotions, and then be able to look at the activity from as objective a perspective as you can. After you are aware of your emotions, the next thing you want to do are to look for patterns. There's a joke I heard when I was a kid that goes something like, you know, if one person tells you you're dead, you can laugh. If two people tell you you're dead, you should check your pulse. And if three people tell you you're dead, go ahead and lay down. Well, the idea there is you want to look for patterns. If one person says it, you can file it away. If two people say it, 
pay attention. And if three or more people have the same feedback, definitely take it seriously. Just because there's a pattern doesn't mean that you've done anything wrong. It could be that there's some additional information that they need, or you need to clarify who owns the decision, or clarify what's the most important thing in this situation. Or it could be that perhaps you've done something that really requires some some feedback and you need to pay attention to. But if there's a pattern, it definitely is worth taking a look at what's going on. The next thing that you can do as you're getting critical feedback is to look at the reason for the feedback, asking why they're giving this feedback. And you may ask them directly, or you may just be able to analyze the situation and figure it out. But some feedback is given just for the benefit of the critic. They enjoy feeling superior because they want, you know, and the way that they do that is to cut others down. If you suspect that you're getting this kind of feedback, this kind of criticism, that's just to make the person giving it feel better about themselves, one thing you can do is to literally ask them, so I'm curious, why are you sharing this? And if they get defensive, that's often a sign that their feedback was more about them than it was to genuinely help you or the team. Next thing you can do as you're receiving critical feedback is to start to look for causes because people often complain about symptoms. They may not recognize or even be aware of the underlying causes. So listen to what you're hearing, but then look beneath the surface of the criticism for a valid cause, something that is worth paying attention to. Next, get curious. Listen with the intent of hearing and allowing truth to influence you. Even if the person's feedback doesn't apply the way that they intended, the fact that you listened and you valued what they had to say builds your credibility and your influence. And then if you think that you've heard something that is valuable, that could be a perspective that you need, you can test it. You don't have to to take that and do something with it right away. If it might be valuable, check in with your truth tellers, with your mentors, with your coach. Let them know what you've heard and that you'd like their honest perspective. So you can check it out. See if there might be some, some value if you can triangulate that and feel like, oh, you know what? Yeah, I suspect this could be accurate and I'm getting some other feedback it is. Then you can probably take action on it. My next suggestion is that when someone shares a difficult truth with you, thank them. Show gratitude. They've done you a favor. Again, even if it's not something that you ultimately agree with or that you interpret the same way, if they're a caring truth teller, that's a rare person to find. You want to cherish them and thank them, give them that gratitude for taking the time and having the courage and caring enough about you and the team to share what they shared. So now you have heard and you've listened, you've thanked the person for sharing, but now you've got to decide what am I going to do with this feedback? So let's just talk about a couple of the options moving forward here. First, you can ignore it. Imagine what a mess it would be if authors and movie directors, restaurant managers tried to react to every critical review that that they receive. It's impossible to satisfy everyone, and some people don't want to be satisfied. They just criticize to be noticed. It's it's what turns their crank, and that's just how they're wired. You're not going to satisfy those people, and you're not going to get a better product, a better service, a better team, or be a better leader trying to react to those things. Then you want to respond where you can, when it makes sense, when it's consistent with your values and it's in line with your mission, 
be clear about how you're responding to the feedback you receive. If something prevents you from responding, be clear about that too. It is better to have a conversation about why you're not moving forward with the feedback than to just ignore it altogether, especially when you have asked for it. If you haven't asked for it, that's a different story. But if you have asked for the feedback, you've solicited people's opinions, asked survey questions, things like that, you got to respond. If you don't respond, it's worse than if you never asked at all. And then finally, move on. You're not perfect. You're not going to be perfect. Your job's to learn and apply what you can and then move forward. One of my favorite quotes along these lines is from Abraham Lincoln. I've had this one in my life for many, many years since I was a teenager. He said, if I were to try to read, much less answer, all the attacks made on me, this shop might as well be closed for any other business. I do the very best I know how, the very best I can, and I mean to keep doing so until the end. If the end brings me out all right, what's said against me won't amount to anything. If the end brings me out wrong, Ten angels swearing that I was right would make no difference. Hey, this is Nora, and I have a question. Hi, David. My name is Jamie, and I'm calling in from Maine. My question is about... Hey, David. This is Julian from Kuala Lumpur, Malaysia. This is John from Colorado Springs. This is Johan White from Kingston. I have a question for you. This is Cynthia from Baltimore. Hi, David. This is Susan from New Jersey, and my question is... Hi, David. This is Dean from Denver. I would love your advice on this. We've got a great question today uh, from last week's episode. It uh, comes from Alex, and before we go to Alex's question, I would love to answer your questions. We need as many of those questions as we can. Some of them turn into full episodes, like today's episode uh, came from a question that was asked after a keynote. So if you've got a question, leadership-related, management-related, uh, or maybe it's a follow-up to a previous episode, one of the 39 prior episodes to this one, we would love to answer that for you. You can send that to me. The best way to do it is to go to leadershipwithoutlosingyoursoul.com. You'll see a big orange button. Click that button. You can record your question. Tell us who you are, where you're from, and we'll use your question on a future episode. So back to today's question uh, it comes from Alex, and Alex is following up on last episode about developing people when you don't have the time. And just a quick refresher, in that episode, this will you need this context for Alex's question. In that episode, we talked about the competence-confidence matrix and how we're all in different places with regard to the amount of confidence we had and how competent we are at the work. And for somebody who is not very competent and not very confident, that's somebody who needs training. They need to be trained and taught in what they're doing. And that brings us to Alex's question. Alex asks, David, how long should you allow somebody to stay in the training quadrant? That is, their low competence, low confidence. I get that they're going to be there initially, but how long is too long? All right, so good question and an important one uh, for all of us. You're in the people development business if you are a leader, so how long does somebody need to be trained? Well, there are many answers to that question, of course, depending on the nature of the work and how long it takes to learn something. Some positions you can learn in a day with a day of practice, very you know, entry-level, uh, low-skill positions. Other positions, it might take you a full two years to thoroughly learn the job. 
So if we take this down to the level of a particular skill, how long does it take to learn it? And you can look at other performers. How long does it take on average? That's one benchmark you can use. If it typically takes people a month, then you don't normally want to give people more than two or three months. That's about as long as you would go. If the average is a month, then give double that for somebody who maybe needs a little extra, maybe triple if you think that they're very valuable and have other things going. So if it's a two-year type of a position, you're going to be very, very particular about who you hire to try to ensure that you're getting somebody with the, the, the right skill set and the ability to learn those things. And then as you're going, you want to have benchmarks along the way. Are they learning this component? Are they demonstrating the ability here? Uh, and so you don't want to get into the whole two years and then having to wait another two or four years after that. And you're four or six years in before you know if they've got it. No, of course not. That's going to be too long. So you break it down skill by skill and take a look at the average length of time it's going to take people to learn those. Now, let's go a little bit deeper, though, Alex, to your question, which is how long is too long? This depends on you doing the work as a leader. If you have not done the work to make sure that they've been trained, to follow up on that training and hold them accountable as they're going, evaluate their work and, and how they're doing, and have the conversations with them about this is exactly right. You know, this needs to be a little bit more this way. Uh, what do you think about this? And you're not having those conversations, then you can't start that clock. And this is what, where a lot of leaders get themselves in trouble is they get frustrated because, well, you know, they got on board, they got trained, but it hasn't been working. It's been six months and it's not working. And well, okay, tell me about the conversations you've had with them to help them know that and course correct and get where they need to be. Well, I haven't had time to do that. Okay, then, well, you can't start that clock yet. So whenever you're introducing somebody to a new role, you want to put some scaffolding around them and ensure that they're getting the instruction they need and that they are getting feedback as quickly as possible to know that they're on the right track. If they're not, can you course correct? Can you help them get there? And can you quickly do some evaluations and say, this is what success looks like for this role? Do you feel like you can get there? If you think that they can get there, you know, hey, listen, I believe in your ability to get here. Here are the things you're going to need to do to go there. And if they're in, great. And if they're starting to say, you know, I don't know that this is right, maybe you give it a little bit more, but you're going to move along quickly at that point. So take a look at the average time, break it down skill by skill, ensure that they are getting the instruction, and most critically, the feedback that they need in order to improve their performance. And if after double the average length, it's not working out, it may not be the right fit for that person. So again, every situation is different and you want to look at those in context, but those are some general guidelines you can use to figure out how long is too long. Thanks for that question. And I will look forward to answering your question in a future episode. Remember that the criticism you receive may be a gift or it may be garbage. And you've got to manage your own emotions and use some discernment and figure out how to respond, where it's coming from, what's the motivation behind it. And then encouraging the people who are giving you valuable but difficult feedback and then choosing your own response. Are, we going to, are you going to ignore it, going to respond to it? If so, how? And all the while recognizing you're never going to be perfect. So keep moving forward 
Because if you're right, you were right. And if you were wrong, 10 angels swearing you were right aren't going to make a difference. Until next time, be the leader you'd want your boss to be. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.